0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Fight on Montana, where we de- take a deep dive into all- everything Grizzly Athletics. I am your host, Adam Healy, with my fellow host, Angel Villanueva. We have a great episode, but before we get into our episode today, guys, we just like to uh, let everyone know to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts at. Remember, you guys can get in touch with us as well. There's three ways to do that. You can get on uh, us on Twitter. Facebook and our Instagram page at Fight On Montana. Uh, so once we've got all that out of the way, we have a great episode for you. We are, have the pleasure in having late Grizz head coach Brian Holzinger with us today. Brian, thanks for coming on, and, and we value your time. How were the media days going? I heard you had media day today. I'm glad that you saved a spot yeah. for us.
1: I, you know, it's funny is it was just I, our our SID Joel. He's fantastic and. And he was like, hey, they just want to talk to to you and Joss a little bit. and and Because it's been a while since I talked to everybody. And Joss is obviously Jocelyn Tinkle I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. is obviously new. And so it ended up being there was like five people. I, we had no idea. All these people showed up. And then everybody was getting interviewed. It was fantastic. The more we can get the word out about our staff, um, which I'll get to talk about later, I'm sure. <coughs> and what's going on here, the better, in my exactly. opinion. So, that's why I'm with you cool. guys. Yeah, exactly. you feel like
2: it's a little bit of pressure, you know, kind of going into these meetings and it kind of increasing being more and more. you think it comes with a little bit of pressure to, you know, obviously perform? No question.
1: You you don't want a position like this if you don't like pressure. You, I mean, you, mm-hmm. you're you an athlete, right, Angel? So oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's just like I, I thrive in those situations. You don't do this if you don't like that. It's just not yep. something that you get involved in and not something that you want to be a part of. And so for me, it's just what you do, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Have you always been like really enthralled by the pressure? You know, kind of there's something about that, that it comes with this game that really kind of pushed you at a young age to really kind of pursue this career.
1: I haven't always been good under pressure. I can tell you that. Uh, (laughs) However, it has, it has driven me without a doubt. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. I'll tell you a good story. When I was 13 years old, I lived in Los Angeles and so Mm. um, Los Angeles, California in a hotshot competition, right? Pepsi hotshot. And we're, I was in the. I got to the regional level. I was 13, and I'm a big Laker fan. So this is this will tell you why. But I get to the regional competition. I, I kill this. I mean, I just smoke this kid. Then we go to the forum. We go. I get to go shoot at the halftime of the of the lake, wow. right at the Los Angeles Forum. Same kid, totally different atmosphere. You know, one was <laughs> in a high school gym, gym, The other was in front of 20,000 people, and it was terrifying for 13 years old. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't, Needless to say, I didn't win and I performed very poorly, but it was, uh, you know, you talk about pressure and you're like, okay, 13 year old kid. Here you are. I'm sitting on the bench of the Lakers. This is a whole <laughs> different deal.
0: Mm-hmm. So Brian, what made you want to get into your, uh, you know, college
1: profession of coaching? That's a good question. I, you know, <clears throat> I was actually headed to medical school. Um, that was kind of what I, my, my path. I was, I'm kind of a, I'm really a science nerd at heart. I love science. I always have loved science. But i had a friend you know i i um i played a little bit on a on a team in the summer overseas kind of traveling around overseas and that coach that coached me he got a job at a small college the master's college down in south southern california it's now called the master's university um but he got a job there and he's like hey i think you'd be good at coaching and i'm like i'm just you know i'm i'm going to i want to go to medical school But I just I honestly just thought about it. I'm like, hey, a year after school, let me just why not check it out? Who knows? I I can I can delay my enrollment. I can do it. So I go down there and 23 years later, I'm sitting here on the fight on Montana podcast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, You know, I I had some influential people who just really like were like, hey, I think this is something you'd love based upon them knowing me. And that's kind of how it started. Do you have a
2: favorite? Sorry, go ahead, Angel. No, I was just gonna ask. Did you did you play sports in uh, at the collegiate level too?
1: I did. Yeah, I played. Yeah, yeah I, I played basketball at ANI school to start. It was ANI back in the day, but at Pacific University in Forest Grove, Oregon, actually, and then transferred to Western Washington. That's where I finished my career. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's do you good. have a favorite
0: coach that you take knowledge from? You know, my my favorite coach is John Wooden, and uh, yeah. just love him. And do you have a
1: favorite coach that you kind of just like? study and kind of go off of? You know, I, I don't necessarily have one. I have a lot. <laughs> you know, I have, a lot, so I have a lot of different people and some I've worked for. I think honestly the one that if you came into my office, which sometime hopefully you can come up and say hi. Yeah. But if you come up into my office and you know, there's a there's a bookcase. There's a couple of bookcases. And I think the the most books I have is with Dean Smith. Um I just I love the Tar Heels growing up. Um I love them because of him. He would always take some people find this to be bad thing, but I find it to be a good thing. Is he would take these stars, and nobody would average like twenty five a game. Not for him. It was like mm-hmm. you know, Michael Jordan didn't average twenty five a game for him. Yes, yeah. James Worthy. Not, none of those guys. I mean, all those guys played together, yeah. and it was just like a team. He was all about the team. It was just like they were obviously really successful, but it just was so much about team. And so if I've read more books than I've read tons, but he, I probably have the most books of him. Awesome. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: So going back to your kind of the master's uh, days, obviously you kind of getting into the coaching profession, I'm sure at some points it was a little bit overwhelming. What were some of the hardest probably lessons that you took away from leaving that university?
1: You know, (laughs) this is a funny story, actually. i got more stories for you. So I I left the master's to go to Montana Tech Mm -hmm. um, in Butte, right? And so here I am in Southern California. I'm married. And we're in Southern California in a nice area. It's a really nice place. Valencia, Santa Carita, right where Six Flags is. Um, at a school that was a Christian college. You know, it was a Christian college, a small private university. And we were really good, really good. And so my dad, being from Montana, right? So my dad was born in Lewistown, Montana. My grandfather taught and coached here for 23 years in high school. Um, so I have, I have an aunt and uncle in Billing. So I have some people. Montana calls me up and he's like, son, head coach the Diggers, and I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know, Dad. Mm-hmm. I, you know, we had played them, and we had beaten them. The Masters, we had a really good team. We coached a couple WNBA players there. Um, we were always top 10 in the country. I mean, just really, really good. But I was an assistant, and so I was like, all right, I'll check it out. So I go up and interview, and and uh, I left. They offered me a job, and I left, and both my wife and I were like, you know, being from Southern California, going to Butte, it's a, it's a total, like, it's a, big, <laughs> it's a whole <laughs> different world. Oh, um, yeah. And we honestly, we honestly just really thought about it and prayed, honestly, and, and just we were like, we felt like we were supposed to be there. Like, we just mm-hmm. felt like, I don't know why we were just like, we're supposed to go. And, uh, and so that was kind of the journey with that. It was, they were whole, they were really bad, um, at the time, I mean, really, really, really bad. And so, um, you know, I got indoctrinated and I love the people in Butte. I'll tell you the people in Butte, they still follow me now, now, especially back. They're just, they're so loyal, hardworking, mm-hmm. Sports-minded, just, I I honestly, one of the most fun places I ever lived, um, and I got mm-hmm. stories up on stories from there, <laughs> but, uh, but but yeah, so that's how I ended up there, um, and it was hard to leave, Southern California, my wife was like, holy cow, it's from <laughs> Spokane, but, um, so I got a little closer, that was the only, but man, this winter's hit, and I was like, Wow! As mm. you could, Angel, you know. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah!
2: <laughs> no, I know, brother. I know. I was struggling yeah. for the first three years. Yeah, still to this yeah. day, you know. Count my <laughs> blessings. One of those things for sure. No doubt.
0: See, Angel and I go back on this. I, I'm a. I'm from Montana, and I'd rather take the cold winters than hot, hot. Yeah, I can't do the hot, man. <laughs> Bring on when the I heat, start s- man. Oh, when I start sweating, I'm just like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. Well.
1: LA's, Los Angeles, a certain place, depending on where you live, it's not too bad. Yeah. It gets, you know, out in the IE, I don't know where you're from, but. Yeah. Hot yeah. I'm fair. For, I'm from Pasadena. Oh, uh, yeah. So you're getting good. Yep. You start there. They've been nice in Pasadena. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, from yeah. the
2: fancy, he's from the fancy spots. <laughs> oh, no, man. I say Pasadena, specifically Duarte. It's just because oh, yeah. they're like, yeah, I don't know where that's at. I do, I say, I do. Guys, like, yeah, I love it there. I love it there. You know.
1: I, I recruited a kid from Doherty, uh, a kid who played for us at uh at Oregon State, six foot seven. Oh,
2: I know, yep, I know who you're talking Richard about. Morris. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Richard. Yeah, I know her family. Her family really well. They're awesome people. Those awesome, are my awesome people, people, man. Those yeah. are my people. I yeah. love them. Yeah. She's at you yeah. yeah, I know, I know. Have you yeah. have you have you talked to her recently?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I probably talked to her maybe probably a month ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's, yeah. she's doing well. She's doing great. She's doing that's great, awesome. and her dad, her dad and I, we're good friends. And so he, yeah. you know, like every day he'll text me, and I'll text. It. We're good friends, and yeah, it's good. People. Yeah. Those are my people. They are, they're yeah, they more good, good people, for sure. Yeah.
2: Good people, yeah. What a family for sure. Anyway, yeah, getting really, off track, really but hey, yeah, no, got, no
0: problem. No problem. So a, you you spent fun. six seasons at the Master's College. You know what certain aspects you know did you get from that stop there that you kind of brought with you to Montana Tech?
1: Yeah. Winning, Winning. (laughs) yeah. I mean, really, just uh, you know, you figure out real fast why programs win when I started coaching and why they don't, and it's called recruiting, (laughs) and it's called players, right? Mm -hmm. You you got to have players, and in order to get players, now you have to create a culture that they want to come play play in and play for a a staff and whatever else. But it comes down to players. I mean, we, you know, I tell people this all the time. Um, and we had a we had a really quick turnaround there, and then I ended up leaving, obviously. But but um, some of the best coaches I've ever co- coached against were in the Frontier Conference. I mean, mm-hmm. unbelievable coaches in that conference. Now I don't know how they, the the recruiting pieces where. Sometimes that gets a it's different at yeah. this level for sure. Um, but they, I mean, I learned so much in my two years there. Just you know, going up to Haver and coaching against Chris Mohawk, going down to Western and coaching against. Kevin, um, Kevin, uh, what's his name? England. Kevin England down there. I mean, I, Brian Orr down at Lewis and Clark State. So you learn real fast that these guys, I mean, these guys can coach. And so I better have a lot better players or I'm not going to win. And so that's, that. you know, that's, that's the one thing I took from there. And I worked for a guy, Ken Sugarman down at Masters. He was fantastic. I mean, just a great person who cared about people, cared about the kids on a genuine level, right? Some coaches don't. And, you you ha- you create that kind of environment, and then just go get the best ones you can. You know that's that's the secret for success, no doubt. Yeah,
2: definitely. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Walk us through a little bit of the transition from you know where you were at in uh, in uh, uh, coaching. Obviously, making your way up to Washington State. You know, yep. walk us through a little bit of that 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 kind of transition. You know, obviously playing at a top tier D one school, you've been around great players all around, and I always kind of hear. So I'm kind of interested to hear your take on it. You know, I know players that played at the JUCO level and at the D1 level, and they argue sometimes that there's better athletes down there. You know, so is it kind of that same type of feeling, you meet ballers just kind of wherever you go?
1: You know, you cut out a little bit, but um, you know, I can I can tell you about this. So when we we're when we we're at Montana Tech, we went, um, I think we won six games, maybe six yeah, games six, in the first six year. And 23, yeah. yeah, and the, the second year we won sixteen or seventeen 18. somewhere there, and beat yeah. the Bobcats. Actually, in that Montana State in the county game, yeah, I was a hero in in (laughs) (laughs) beat. But but what I did is you go out and you just find players, man. You go out, you know, I turned over the roster, which wasn't even back then, just like here, (laughs) wasn't the most popular thing at all times. But as soon as you see the turnaround, you start to win, you know, that none of that matters. It just doesn't, it just really doesn't. And so (laughs) we went on, got good, good players, and people don't know this, but. For the first time in in the history of the program at montana tech we were ranked in the top 25 in my second yeah. year yep. and then i left go to washington state which i'll tell you about but the my assistant I, I told the ad at the time and bob green hired me which a lot of people around here know who bob green is but he hired me and then i told him i'm like i know my assistant's young but give her the job because you'll keep the players Mm-hmm. And players is everything, and so she they did hire her, and they went to three straight NA- nai national tournaments, right? It, boom, 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 three in a row. Wow. So this mm-hmm. success, and then uh, Washington State is a whole different deal, you know. You get thrown into the fire there, um, and <laughs> it's a it's. And I it was the recruiting quarter right off the bat at Washington State. Um, it's the Pac-12, and we took over a program there, similar, just really, really poor. In fact, we played here that first year, and I told um, I told Robin Selvig. I was with a bunch of Lady Grizz last night, and I told Robin, because we played them here, I think, my first year at at Washington State. I mean, my team at Tech was better than our team at Washington State. Yeah, I mean, we had better players. I mean, that's not bad. It was bad. I mean, it was really bad. And so we we knew right away we had to go get athletes. And so you have to be creative, right? You got to be creative. Washington State, Pullman is a unique place. It is a college town in a small town. Um, with not, I mean, you think about a college town here. This is a beautiful place. <laughs> to mm-hmm. pull. is it, and we love Pullman. I mean, it was a fantastic place to live. We loved it. The football staff, everybody living mm-hmm. on the same street. It is a true like family deal there. But we went out and we just got creative. I mean, we went down and we took a few risks on some kids. One from Berkeley who ended up being a really good player. Um, she had a rough deal, and she, we kind of figured out ways to get her into school, and she got her degree. She's still playing professionally overseas to this day. Um, Mm -hmm. which is a long time ago, and so and we went overseas, Tom. You know, we went overseas, so you you figure out you got to go, you got to be creative in your recruiting to get it going. And Mm -hmm. you know, we took a team that was the worst. And we, when I left there, we became we got really, you know, I mean, we were the last team out of the NCAA tournament the year actually. We came back here to Montana and played in the WNIT. We were the last team out of the NCAA tournament, so we improved our time. And June Doherty was fantastic. I mean, she's a great recruiter, she's a great, she's just really good with people. Um, so she helped, but. It was a unique opportunity to rebuild a program from really the ground. So you went from NAIA, NAIA to division one basketball.
0: What was that feeling like? Was that like the quintessential, like uh top of the pyramid where you wanted to be um, playing, you know, coaching D one uh,
1: athletics or how did you feel? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I always just wanted to work for good people. Like that was my goal. I, I just really want to work for good people. I, I um yeah I I I mean you're always curious right you're always curious what it's like yeah. in the Pac-12 you I had, I had I was curious no question um, and I got there and you know all of a sudden there's like you know what's the budget for recruiting and if she's you know June is like well, whatever it takes yeah <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. no just do it do whatever it takes to to get the players and so that's unique and you kind of mm-hmm. learn and. And you, it, like I said, you got to find your niche, but it was definitely fun. I mean, I'm from Washington, so I I, I was born in central Washington, uh, moved to Los Angeles for a long stretch, hence my story about the forum there, and then came back and went to high school in Seattle, Federal Way. And so I'm from Washington. So it was a home state thing for me, too. Like, I got to be in my home state, see if we could turn, turn the thing around as a challenge. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I it's just like anything else you can become consumed by. It. It's why I end up taking a year off, um, yeah. took mm-hmm. in between, which is kind of an interesting deal, but it was yeah. definitely fun. It was definitely exciting. It was definitely different than I was used to. So yeah, it was, it was a great experience. Mm-hmm. Why'd you take a year off? Yeah. So I, I spent eight years at Oregon, uh Washington state and my wife and I, we had three kids in four years and oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, I'm blessed <laughs> with unbelievable kids. They're 10, eight and six they're busy. They're awesome. I'm so happy. But when you start a program from the bottom yeah. and you go and you're just grinding, I mean, I, I traveled all over the world. I mean, I have stories that you can't even imagine. I've been all over. The only countries I really didn't recruit a kid is really like kind of like Africa, which is, I should have probably. And <laughs> a couple other the Asian kind of countries around there. I That's the only places that we didn't get a kid from. And so because of that, it took its toll. I mean, it took its toll. I was the recruiting coordinator. I was doing all that. And I was killing myself essentially to, to help turn the program around. And we knew we had to have players. And, and so with three young kids, three kids under four, yeah. it was a lot. And so I just, I'm always going to choose my family. I yeah. uh, always, uh, I don't care what job I have. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I, if it comes down to it, my family will always be chosen first. And so that's what I did. I, just, I stepped away. Awesome. For a year. yeah and it was risky everybody's like are you sick are you terminally ill i'm like no, i'm not but i just I, I need i need this time to be, make sure my wife and i's marriage is healthy and then yeah. my mm-hmm. kids too. so mm-hmm. not for me people sacrifice i've seen i have had a lot of friends who have sacrificed everything for college coaching and i just didn't want to be that person so well
0: yeah. that that's uh, i have a lot of respect for you i have two yeah. kids and um that's that's great to see that yeah. You're you're holding that above everything else, and I've got to ask you. You know, your wife played, I believe, yeah. soccer in college, um, yeah. and I, I know you both were college athletes. Who's the who's the better athlete?
1: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it's her. <laughs>
2: you
1: know, what? here's what I'll tell you: she played at a higher level and a higher play. She just was better. I'll be honest. <laughs> However, I'm a better athlete. Like she's so. I hope our kids get her like work ethic and her she has a feel like a just an unbelievable feel for the game. Like she's but I, I was the guy that was fast and could jump and could, you know, what I mean, that's not her. She's just the <laughs> skilled these things. She's I was the point guard. She actually is way better at that kind of stuff than I am. But I was always the one that I was so I'm like, listen, I'm I'm faster I could jump higher. I could do all those things. But when it came down to it. If you really ask, I hope she doesn't listen to this. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah.
2: Man, I got to ask you, brother. I mean, obviously, us being from California. Um, yeah. Obviously, a big thing that's obviously huge in my life has always been food, being off its line. I'm a big boy. You know, that's yeah. always something that's just been that passionate about. I got to ask you, man. You know, how was that transition from California to Montana when it came to the Mexican food, man? I know you're missing. Oh, it. <laughs> <laughs> there's no comparison. That's not even yeah. a fair. I mean,
1: you I, you went straight to Mexican food. I'm like, it's not. It's not. They can't. It doesn't even. And yeah. you know, I, I haven't been here long enough. <laughs> I, I heard there's a couple good spots, but I haven't been here long enough to really test that out, to be honest. I'm a food guy myself. I love food. I love it. I'm a, I am mean, I, yeah. I can cook a mean steak that will Change your life. It will change, <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm a, yeah. I love food. We oh yes. But Mexican, yeah, it's uh, it's brutal. Compared to, it's you it can't even, it's not even on the That's same scary, level. Man.
2: No comparison. Yeah, yeah. No, none at all. I just had to ask, man. I gotta no. clarify it every episode. Yeah, <laughs> No, it's not, yeah.
1: And I've I have i i I was fortunate to live there authentic. I had a friend actually, um uh, Hispanic guy, he's my, one of my good friends. Um, and he, his mom would cook, cook a, like authentic chorizo. I mean, like Ooh. just blow your mind. Like these burritos that would just, that I'm like, Oh, they make their own tortillas. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I was spoiled.
2: Yep, yep. I, I don't even like, to, you know,
1: I don't even like to eat that. Cause it just doesn't do it. It's just, it's not even the same. Yeah. I got, yeah. I, I've got to try yeah. some, some authentic Mexican. Cause I'm, you know, every time Angel brings it up, I start getting hungry. Oh. So. Yeah, it's the best. It's not some of the stuff at these little places. Uh-uh. <laughs> They're
0: for food. So, Coach, you know, you went from Washington State to Oregon State. Yeah, um, you know, and not not to say that it it was different. You know, it was the Pac-12, but you kind of went in that that first year yep. having kind of a system and not having to build it from, from nothing. And not 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 to say Washington state wasn't nothing but it was still a rebuilding process. Oh yeah. Your first year you make it to the Elite 8 basketball is my favorite sport watching yeah. the NCAA tournament constantly wishing I could you know make a tournament and you know make every kid's dream making it to the tournament and making a shot in the tournament. You know how was it to coach in an NCAA tournament game?
1: Fantastic. I mean it's yeah. the it's where it's where I want this program to be like I that's where that's that's where it gets special in my opinion and big the, the winning the Pac-12 championship was awesome unbelievable harder than actually winning games in the in the in the NCAA tournament but it's just so unique you know and I had some unbelievable experiences in the NCAA tournament that that first year we I mean we got to the sweet 16 and kind of ran out of gas actually we had a couple of injuries and we just kind of ran out of gas and, and cause the expectations we had, they had just gone to the final four. Yeah. That previous we year, lost, yeah. we had lost quite a bit, but we had making an unbelievable run. I mean, we won the pac 12, we beat Stanford at home in front of 10,000 people sold out a place. And it was an unbelievable thing, but honestly, my favorite memories, if you want to talk about favorite memories in the NCAA tournament is like being under So we, one year, I don't remember what year it was, maybe my third year, Second or third, maybe my second year, we we were. Un, I mean, we got a six seed, and we were like, we are better than a six seed, right? We are better than a six seed. This is just, yeah. There's no way, and we get sent to Tennessee, and Holly Warlick, who is a great, great friend of mine who was the Tennessee coach at the time. She's no longer the coach there. But we go there and she's like, oh, my goodness, are you kidding me? This is not a good <laughs> situation. And what's amazing is we go there, we beat Western Kentucky, we smash them on Tennessee's home floor, and then we play Tennessee. And Tennessee had won 57 games in a row on their home floor in the NCAA tournament. Wow. 57 in a row. I'm like, first of all, who plays 57 games? In the NCAA, like, did they ever play not at home? I'm like, I couldn't even believe that number. So, we write up the number 57 and 0 on the the board before the game. I'm like, they've never lost here at home ever in the NCAA tournament in the history of their program. And so, and we beat them there to go on to the Sweet 16. And It was an awesome experience because you're like you're making history. Those moments where, like you said, the NCAA tournament is like about making history, like these programs yeah. come from nowhere. We end up going, we end up beating Baylor for a second time. We had beaten Baylor to go to the final four, uh, two years earlier, and then we end up beating Baylor to go to the lead eight that year, too. And that, those are just, I mean, those kind of wins when you're just it honestly is a blur at the time. It's a blur. I mean, you're just you're all you're doing is preparing for the next game. It's like constant, you just prepare, prepare, travel, prepare. It's just so intense, but so rewarding man so rewarding do
2: you feel like at certain points you know you're just not able to really kind of enjoy it because it's such a fast-paced environment and before you know it's like a blink of an eye
1: yes that's the facts no question i mean as a coach i think the players do they have a little more time but the way we do things and how involved we are and how preparation oriented we are we were there and we're going to be it's It just, it's a blur. It's a blur. Honestly, you look back and you enjoy it. And I have the, I have some of the rings up in my, you know, my office. So you look at those every once in a while, and remember memories, but it's a blur. It's a blur. No doubt. You know,
0: coach, you know, your coaching style, each coach is kind of different, you know, with uh, big games. Um, Do you treat, you know, some coaches are like uh, every game's the same. You know, we treat it like the, the, uh, the, every game, the same or, or, do you, are you in that mindset? Are you in the mindset that, hey, yeah, there's games that are the same in, like, conference, but when you make it to the NCAA tournament, this is not just some ordinary game. This is different.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can't fake it, right? Like, yeah. you could say every game's the same, and I'm all about honesty. I'm like, no, it's not. It's just yeah. not. The, yeah. the Grizz Cat game is not the same as playing others. It's just not. Yeah. i don't care you can say oh we're gonna play the same you know we're gonna do this and to the players to us it's not the same I don't, it's just not we played oregon it was not the same it's just <laughs> so I, I i'm like you know i'm not gonna hide behind this thing and say it is it's not it's it, games are different for different reasons now do you want to execute and play well every game yes the whole goal is to you know essentially take the scoreboard out and try to just play the best you can the scoreboard takes care of itself right But those games that are bigger in the NCAA tournament against your rival, they are what they are. I mean, you just –
2: to me, I'm like, let's embrace it and let's go beat them. Well, I think one of the coolest things about your position is that obviously you're in it to win, but I think another big reason as well is that you're in it to inspire, you know, these young individuals to really go out and lead successful lives and be leaders off the court, you know. What's that feeling like knowing that you're kind of in charge of, you know, the the development of these young women and, you know, potentially put them in the best position to either go to the, to the WNBA or, you know, presume uh, another athletics or just, you know, be an asset to the community, you know, how, what's that feel like?
1: Great. Now yeah. that's why I do this, mm-hmm. right. So ultimately I do this to help young people. I'm a relationship guy, period. And I love, my wife is involved in everything. My kids are involved. It's the only way to do it with what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh But we're in this to help young women achieve greatness, whether it be off the court or on the court. We're here to help them achieve what they want. Mm -hmm. Now, some want to be WAA players, some want to be overseas players, some don't care about that. They want to go on and be a doctor or whatever. I mean, I've written letter, I've written medical school reference letters. I've you know, but the whole point of this is I want to give these young women the best four years of their life, period. And with the transfer portal, what it is now, and all these crazy, I mean, coaches. I, I think overall, and some coaches do it really well, but coaches lose perspective mm-hmm. honestly constantly because it's constantly about win, win, win. Well, if you do things the right way, I'm a firm believer that you will win mm-hmm. because you'll attract the best athletes. You'll teach them the right things. They want to be – they want to be pushed. They want to be loved first. They don't want to be pushed and not loved. I can tell you that. that ain't working. <laughs> Bobby Knight's I have a ball signed by Bobby Knight in my office. I'm like – that style doesn't work. That's why I have it in there. <laughs> <laughs> just to remind me that doesn't work anymore. You got <laughs> to want to feel like you care about them. Right. I, t- I talked to, we had a lady Grizz reunion thing last night. There's like 40 of them there. Mm. And they, the thing they said about Robin Selvig is he always had our back. He always had our back. And so that allowed him to do some of the crazy things he did. And if you ever watch film, he was a little bit, he got after him hard, you know, coached him hard, which ultimately makes you successful. And they love it if you have their backs. If you don't, it's not going to work. And they're in the yeah. transfer. Faster yeah. you can say boo. So that's for me, I mean, the basics of what I want to do. I mean, basketball is something they do. It's not who they are, right? Mm-hmm. Their daughters, their sisters, their granddaughters, their friends. I, I, I preach it. I'm like, this is not. We can't get get this out of whack, right? This is something you do. We're gonna be excellent at it, and we're gonna. I mean, we're gonna go out there and compete like crazy. But let's keep some perspective, it which helps, helps them. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it does it just helps them?
0: So they're better. Coach, your your stint at Oregon State is is pretty remarkable. You know, you spent I believe four years there. You know. Each time making the tournament, you know, one year, you know, the COVID year where it got cut short, you yeah. guys were pretty much on your way to another tournament. Hosting,
1: um, boy, we were top six. E- exactly, exactly.
0: <laughs> so, what made those? You know, I'm going to say five years instead of four. What made those such a success? You already told us, you know, um, players and, and and culture. What other th- kind of things helped you? Create and, and endure. That's the the one thing that's hard to do now is you know keep on producing yeah. on and on and on.
1: By the way, just so you know, right now, Oregon State has the second ranked recruiting class in the country wow. coming in next year. They they've committed the committed ones. They haven't signed, but the second ranked it's UConn, Oregon State right now. And I'm wow. like, incredible. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He can thank me, Scott Ruick. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it's a team effort, all the stuff. <laughs> but I'm like, good night. The players they got going there. I can't comment on, but I'm like, they're so good. It's but it is about getting players. Um, the other thing it is, is Scott Ruick, the head coach there, he's fantastic. He's all about the right things, he does things the right way, he surrounds himself with great people. Um, he, he hires the best. I'm just telling you, he just he takes his time, he's thorough. He knows who he wants and what works with him. And then he then the last thing is he's the best teacher I've ever been around. And so we it's t- coaching is teaching. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the bottom line. we we it could be chemistry, but we teach basketball. And so, you know, I'll tell you a funny story. He he has a desk. He has a desk in the practice facility at Oregon State. A desk. It's his desk. So he he was, you know, I mean, he literally, it's like he was a teacher like he has a desk he has stuff all first time i walk in i'm like i put my stuff and now he goes no 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 no. this is my desk you go that way don't touch my desk and you know it's like a, like a real teacher you know and it was went to the, that trip we went to the ncaa tournament uh at tennessee you know who else had it he was all, i always giving a hard time about having a desk because i'm like dude come on this coach he's like and he really sits at the desk during practice it's like he'll, go, he'll sit there and he'll yell from the desk like hey Like, yeah, we're, we're, it's hilarious, but he sees himself as a teacher, right? And teaching the game and he's the best at it, but we're at, we're at Tennessee and Rick Barnes, Rick Barnes, men's coach at Tennessee. He's got a desk, a bigger one actually. It has glass thing. He's got. I mean, it's like it's a desk on the practice court, and he's taking pictures. He's like, "See, I'm not the only." one. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like, "I'm not the only person." I'm like, "Oh my god!" But he's he's the best teacher I've ever been around. He knows how to get the most out of people. He he can a lot of people are like, "How how did you beat Baylor?" Well, how did you how do you guys do all these sets? How do you get your kids to do this? How do you get your kids? It's teaching, like. As, as a basketball coach, I always tell our staff, we're doing workouts right now. I tell them, I said, if somebody's not doing something, it's our fault. Mm-hmm. It, like, we have nobody to blame. You can't blame them. Figure out a way to get the message across so that they do it. It's the bottom line. It's our fault. If they're not doing it, it's our fault. I mean, yeah. you're not going to be in a press conference and say, oh, yeah, the kids sucked. You know I mean? Like, well, I'm the coach. Is you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I always think that's crazy, you These these – I mean, football coaches. It happens a lot. Leach is one. He gets on the players all the time. I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, and I, you know, the football coaches thing is different because you're relying on so many different positions. I mean, just I, I get it. The head coach. Nobody wants to be a head football coach, in my opinion. I'm like, there's a lot. Good, Bobby Howell. Good for him, man. I'm like, holy God. <laughs> I'm to all these people. But for me, right, I got a, a staff of three. We got you know 15 players max. We have to be able to reach these kids to teach them. And so he does that better than anybody. And that's allowed Oregon State to do what they do along with the recruiting, of mm-hmm.
2: course. You mentioned something that was really important. Obviously, you said that it's you and three other the people that are really in charge of these people. You know, what do you kind of look for when you're hiring these assistants to kind of work with you?
1: Man, yeah, I tell you, when I got here, um, Kent Haslam asked me a, a, an important question I thought was really good in the interview. And he... He said, if I had $300,000 just to give you right now, where would you put it? He's like, you can give it to yourself. You can do whatever Whatever you want with it. $300,000, what would you do with it in your program? And I thought about it for a second and I'm like, this is an obvious choice. You win with people. And so you put the money into the people because as the head coach here and the leader of this program, which is an honor, I'm humbled and it's an honor. This is a prestigious legacy program like no, I didn't even know since I've got here, but (laughs) I've surrounded myself with the best and you have to hire great people who are who share your vision, share your foundations of what you're about and what you care about as a coach and are going to, are going to help, you know, produce essentially. And so that, whether that be in recruiting, whether that be coaching, whether that be relationships, whatever it is, the staff is where it's at. It it just is. And I've learned that at Oregon state. I learned that at all the places I've been, um, the better people you can get, the better you're going to be. I'm like, it's not rocket science.
0: So coach, you have two women on your staff that Angel and I think are are true women leaders. And we're so glad that they're on your staff. What about them? Did you see that made you say, hey, I need them on my staff? What kind of characteristics did you see in them that you're like, I can't, I have to have
1: them on my staff? Yeah, it's a great question. So Jordy, first I got here and, and, you know, I wasn't going to keep anybody on staff that wasn't going to help when where we want to go you know what I mean I just was not going to do it so my wife and I Stacy we go out and we first first and foremost with the staff I'm just telling you you have to enjoy being around those people because if you don't we are around each other I'm around them more in my family half the time so I think you want to be the first way to miserable is not enjoy somebody that you're with at work with every day and so we went out to dinner the first night and I'm like listen this is not an interview we're just hanging out let's have some food. Let's get to know you. I want to know everything about, I mean, all these things. So, and after that meal, st- my wife was like, she, you better keep her. Like she told me, and I'm a little slower. I'm not, I'm a little slower. <laughs> but crazy. My wife was like, uh, you're an idiot if you don't hire her. <laughs> and she's really smart and she's a better athlete. So I, I took her. <laughs> Jordan is exceptional. She has the experience as Lady Grizz, right? So, this program has been unique and special for so long, and she was a part of that. And so I can't speak, you know, no matter what I do, I, I didn't play here, I wasn't here during that time, I, di- I don't even know what it's like. So, but w- when she speaks about it, it's like bam, hit you right in the face, you know what I mean? Like, it's like th- this is why this place is special. She's passionate, she's really smart. I mean, she, and I don't know if you guys know this, but she was in, in law school and then decided to. Stop law school. I still still tell her that was a bad decision, but <laughs> stop law school. And now she's, you know, starts to coach. And then while she's coaching the last five years, she gets her MBA. Wow. Yeah. I'm like, you talk about smart, right? I'm like, this is smart. She's organized. She, I mean, she has an unbelievable future in this business. It's un, I mean, really, she's special. I um, and then Joss. Right. Here's here. Everybody is familiar with the name, of course. Um. And she was a little tougher. You know, I, I hired Nate Harris, too, who is a head coach. And that was one of the biggest things, his experience, you know, over at the other school over there. That helped, too. And I've known him for many years. But he, being a hiring a head coach was a big deal for me. I just wanted somebody else who sat in that seat and knows what it's like. Uh, that's it's different. It's definitely different. So that was big. But Jocelyn, you know, the third position, I I, I had promised a bunch of people that I would talk to. I had over 100 some applicants like wow. for these positions and so how do you go through these things and i have friends calling me and other coaches i love and all these things and i'm like okay i will talk to some of these people i just i'm trying to hire a great staff and so i went back home to corvallis and and jocelyn and i knew each other because of wayne and we were very close where we were there in corvallis proximity wise and so i got to know their family and there's actually a lot of montana people at oregon state lindsey goodman i mean there's been a lot you know marlon he was here i mean there's a lot of people but i got to sit down with her and i'm like i came away and i told stacy i said she's impressive she is an impressive individual kind of put it on the back burner i said hey listen i'm interested in you but i got i have to i have to do my due diligence i want to create i wanted i knew i wanted somebody from kind of the outside an outside perspective um and so then i go out and i literally interviewed i don't know 25 i'm 25 i can't even tell you 20 something people and and talking to them and kind of doing my due diligence and i just kept coming back to jocelyn um i just kept coming back to her like the mixture of her the things you can't teach i mean she's dynamic she's you know just she's so good with people um you can't teach that it's just something that people are or they're not and then that combined mm-hmm. with her experience playing for one of the greatest coaches of all time right like tara mm-hmm. Competed against her for thirteen years. It was not fun. Every once in a while, we beat her for that. We beat her at down at Stanford and at home. That one year It was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> it didn't happen often um, <laughs> against Jocelyn too. So I knew what kind of player she was. But that experience, that outside experience, combined with the fact that this is home and her name, obviously with her dad, it just—I just kept coming back to her. Like what? what? I talked to Tara about her. You know, I just. It just it, it, honestly, I probably should have made the decision much sooner. It probably would have helped me, but I just promised myself I was just going to make sure. And so the other part, part of it is they have a lot of connections. The staff has a lot of connections together, um, and I really want them to get along. Like how do how they get along and how they interact with each other is so important. Like anytime you have that dynamic, like I can I can be off to the side, but if those three don't get along, I got issues. Yeah, right. they're like they're like sister and brothers. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's it's <laughs> our office. You will laugh. I can promise you, it's a laugh. <laughs> no question.
0: Coach, you know what made you attracted to this Lady Gris job? Um, and did you get some outside perspective from uh, you know Wayne Tinkle? You know, from, uh, coaching here. What 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 attracted you to, this, to this job that you find were like? I got to take this job. Come coming yeah. from Oregon State because that's that's a huge. Yeah. You know, jump
1: different. Yep. Um, First, when I was at Tech, I recruited a few kids. And as soon as the Lady Grizz got involved, if Robin Selva called, um, I was wasting my time. It was was, I mean, so I knew then like he had a stronghold on this state. Like I've and I've been in almost every state in the West. Like I've never seen like it's unbelievable. If they were good, they came here. Period. It was not. It just wasn't. That was the that was the thing. And so I knew then I'm like, okay, something special about this. And you saw the crowds and you saw the things. It doesn't happen everywhere. So then I go to Oregon State. And so when I'm there, women's basketball matters there. It matters. It's just important. We get six thousand fans a game. They walk around the community. Everybody knows the players that it's, you know, and that happens for football. And that happens for basketball, men's basketball in most places. It does not happen for women's basketball. And so when I was at Oregon State, I was just I've always kind of looked at jobs and I've interviewed here and there and looked around the country and didn't want to leave the Northwest. My family's from the Northwest. I just would like to stay here. And this job was always kind of intriguing because of what Robin built. You know, there's very few places that get three thousand plus fans. And I think my personal opinion let's why stop at three. Let's, that's that's, I mean, this could be a mid-major monster, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, I just, I really believe that. And I see the potential in it because of the history. And that's what I'm here to do. So it really is attractive because of that. Um, it's just unique. We have everything we need here. We have good facilities. We're, we're going to get a brand new locker room here in the next year. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Which is big time needed, but they, they want this program to be great. And the community, they love the Lady Grace. Oh, yeah. And which is why, you know, there's some people have lots of opinions. So it's OK. Yeah,
2: Yep. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> kind of down the road, you know, what are the long term goals for this program? Obviously, you want to win championships. Obviously, yeah. you want to develop awesome people. But just yeah. for the program itself, you know, when it's all said and done for your coaching career, where do you want to leave it off? You know, first, what they said about Robin, that
1: he had our backs yeah. always. You know what? That these players, they go on, they become, become professionals, moms, whatever it is. I just want that all of them to go back and say, Coach Holsinger had our back always. He coached us, he made us better on and off the court, like Angel said, but he had our back and he loved us. He truly their his family loved us. Um, that's the main goal in this. Um, you know, of course you want to win. I mean, you don't do this if you don't if you're not competitive. <laughs> There's no question. And I honestly, I would love, they've never been to the Sweet Sixteen. I want to go there. Like my vision is seven thousand five hundred in that arena. That's my vision: seven thousand five hundred and Sweet Sixteen. That they've won Big Sky titles. They've been to the second round. They haven't been to the Sweet Sixteen. I'd like to take this program where it hasn't been, and that's—I mean, if you're a competitor, that's what you want, right? That's what you want. In the meantime, great great people, of course. I'm
2: pumped up, my friend. (laughs)
1: <laughs> let's go
2: back on the stands,
1: let's go i'll get you some tickets let's go there we go there we go oh man no that's fun
0: that's fun hey coach you know how many you know you've been te- coaching for a while now does one funny story through your coaching career kind of jump out um more than the others can you tell us that funny story or or because you know with, with coaching there's a lot of funny
1: stories but there is there is there's a lot of funny ones I, you know I I saw that question and I <laughs> the one I thought about the most because there's so many some of them like huh, even even my wife was like, I don't know if you should share that <laughs> and I'm like I don't know either. but I'll tell you a recruiting story. this is a kind of a funny story. So I traveled a lot in Europe, right a lot and at the time I was in Bulgaria. Okay. And Bulgaria is a different country. It is not Spain. It is not France. It is not Italy. It's not, it's not like that. (laughs) Those are beautiful places. Go visit. Bulgaria is wonderful, wonderful people, but it's a third world country. I mean, it's just like, it is, you know, it's different. Well, when you travel around Europe a lot, there's a lot of cultural differences from country to country. Right. And so you don't always know whether to kiss once on the cheek, kiss (laughs) both cheeks. You just don't know. Yeah, you did, I mean, I'm, I'm, and I'm traveling. I'm tired. I don't know. I don't. I didn't Google it. Whatever. <laughs> well, so I'm recruiting um, Borislava um, Historova, who's the all-time leading scorer in Washington State history. By the way, I never coached her, but I, I was in Bulgaria recruiting her. I got a, I got an interpreter with me. I got, and we're in this. I mean, we're in this building that has like missiles that have been hit. Like missiles. Yeah. Have hit. You know what I mean? Like this is what I'm saying. If we're in this concrete thing where you see chunks out of the side of the building. Like, what is that? They're like, "Well, we had a war." I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Right? <laughs> so we're there, and and we go to meet this family. It's the dad, the mom, and Borislava, who's fantastic. I an mean, unbelievable kid, and going doing unbelievable over in uh, over in Europe right now, playing, scoring it up. She's a scorer. I mean, they used to call her Bobby Buckets, right? Like just <laughs> yes, yeah, buckets. But I'm there, and so she speaks some English. Mom and dad speak none zero so that's why i have the interpreter to help me kind of communicate and whatever and so i go to greet mom and i'm like i go kiss the side of the cheek and i come back and i'm like okay is it am i supposed to go back am i not and she's like looking at me and i'm looking at her and i and i go in because i'm like i think it is and we just kissed right on the lips
0: oh oh no yeah oh, no
1: it was embarrassing so <laughs> i look at dad instantly and Inst- i look at dad i'm like the interpreter's <laughs> eyes are huge like this and it was just a, it was a mistake because i kissed her on the side of the cheek and i come back and i'm like crap i messed it oh, up oh no and we really want this kid right it's <laughs> great and we both look at each other eyes big and then i look over at dad dad just starts dying laughing <laughs> yeah. like, oh my gosh I'm glad. he's not speaks he knows no english like <laughs> i you know he can tell i'm terrified Oh George yeah, is absolutely dying laughing. He's he's she is dying. she's laughing, and I'm like I'm not thinking it's funny at the time. But I'm like, so I always joke with her. I'm like, well, I had to kiss your mom in order, in order to <laughs> go over to the United States, and the interpreter, she was like, I was like, tell him it was a mistake. I thought I had to go there. I mean, you know, how do you explain that? You know, what I mean? like, I didn't know. oh, you got to kiss on both cheeks in Bulgaria. Bulgaria, I just forgot. Yeah, there you go. It's recruiting man. That's oh good. man. Yeah. Turned out pretty good. <laughs> All-time leading score. Oh yeah. Worked there you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. So, I got lots more, but we'll leave it with that. We'll one. leave it
0: at that. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, hey coach, are you, you know, one of those like coaches that, you know, is big into pep talks? Like yeah. you go in there, you throw the door and you, you know, you, you have a, a scheduled pep talk or you just kind of just you you go in there whatever is on your
1: mind, you you say? I'm not whatever's on my mind. I'm very, I'm very <laughs> preparation oriented. So, I, I'm more about adjustments at halftime. Like we, we have. Let's, what's three things? You can't give them too much; they won't do it. But what's three things that we can, you know, that we can really that's going to help us win the second yeah. half, right? That's going to help us win the game. So I'm very, very thought out in that. We'll talk about it. And then, motivationally speaking, if it's, it's a, if it's about maybe we're not playing hard or something like that, I will get fired up. If it's the things you can control, I just you know if it's execution stuff, let's help them. I'm like, let's help them execute better. Let's help them figure out ways that they can be more successful scoring those kinds of things. But when it comes to effort, oh, I will I will say something. There's no (laughs) question. Yeah, that's the that's if you want to get me angry because you can control that. Mm -hmm. You, You you can't always control whether you make shots. You can't always control whether you set great screens or the execution's off sometimes, but. You can play hard always, and I'm a big defensive guy. So we will be playing good defense. You can promise that. That's a guarantee. Um, you don't win championships without great defense. You just don't. You just don't. If you want to win at the highest level, you got to play the defense. So, yep.
2: you know, adjustments
1: like that. I'm, I'm I'm pretty low key, except for the play hard thing.
2: Yep. Yeah. You know, coming down to the last couple of thoughts, Brian. Uh, you know, obviously you're essentially an inspiration to you know all the all the women that you coach. You know, a lot of people look up to you, your position you took on that role. But who are some of the people that you kind of look up to? Maybe you model your game after or just kind of you saw a, a, a scene from Scarface that you're like, yep, I'm going to live by that role.
0: <laughs> Definitely not Scarface.
1: <laughs>
2: uh, you know,
1: it's a good question. I got a couple good pieces of advice. I took a lot of good and Not good and bad is the wrong word, but good things and things that I maybe didn't want to do at each place I've been. And then you just kind of add your own spin on it. Right. Like I'm my own person. And the biggest encouragement I got is that be yourself, because if you're not authentic and you're not genuine, they'll see right through it. It doesn't work. You can't fake it. You can't fake it. So be yourself. And so I definitely have, you know, the teaching aspect. Scott Ruick at Oregon State. I mean, he is. I'm telling you, man, he is as good as it gets. It's it's really exceptional. He's exceptional. So I've picked up pieces of that. June Doherty at Washington State. Unbelievable manager of people. The most loyal, kind woman I've been around, and so loyal. I mean, just she just knew how to manage people, put people in good positions to be successful as the head coach. I'm taking that right. I'm like that. I want to. I want to be that kind of manager of people. And in this position, you have to be. Um, And then, you know, all my stuff as a head coach, you learn real fast that, you know, there's been times when I look back and I'm like, man, I can't believe I was like that. (laughs) I apologize. I apologize to my former players a couple of times. Like, I can't believe I was so crazy at times. (laughs) You learn from yourself, too, right? Like, I am not that person anymore. And then, of course, Ken Sugarman, the first person I, I got to work with, just the opportunity to just the relationship piece. Like he just did the relationship piece really well um, with the kids and they trusted him. And and so you you, you kind of figure all these different things out. I mean, you know, I, I started coaching at camps, at really at camps. I mean, I think back to Northwest basketball camps, which is big here in the Northwest, NBC camps. Yeah. And I coached in those camps for years. I ran those camps. And so if you, you got 200 kids in a gym, you learn how to coach real fast, how to get kids better, work on the fundamentals. I'm a huge fundamental guy you know, we've been, we've had five weeks of workouts and we, all the girls, I mean, we, have we, my, my practice plan, it goes ball handling, passing, shooting, finishing, playing, that's it. That's what we do. We go through the fundamentals every single day. And it's, I think the girls are like, geez, we're not putting in play. I'm like, no, we're not putting in place. Cause if you can't do this, the play doesn't matter. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like if you can't pass from there to there without turning, it does not matter. So big fundamental guy. And, and you learn that over time. So you just pick everything up you can. I mean, Wayne Tinkle, he he, I, I watched their practices. You know, you just – that's what you do. That's what you do. So
0: coach, you know, from the little time that you've uh, been on the job, you've had to, you know, make some hard decisions. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think of it kind of as like uh, I'm a dad. You know, we as a parent, you're constantly making hard choices for your kids. Um, yeah. You know, even though if it rubs people the wrong way, you know, that type of leadership um, goes beyond what people just see visually. They just see it, you know, what happens. Um, Does that type of leadership come from past coaching experiences or have you had to kind of develop that or has that come from somebody that you've seen in your life?
1: I don't think anybody specifically. Um, I think, just uh, uh, I don't know, just kind of an overall philosophy, I think. Um, I was hired as the leader of the program. And so my job, I have a thing, I have four things, team first, academic excellence, character and integrity and competitive greatness. Right. And I have little sayings in all of them, but team first is not about you. And this program is not about me. It is not about any individual player. It's not about our staff. It is about the program. And they hired me to do the best I can for the Lady Grizz period. And so I work from that first. Um, and I'm a good human being, you know, I mean, I, I, I love the people, but I also have something called tough, truthful feedback. You know, I mean, people hate to hear the truth, but they have to hear the truth, Mm -hmm. you know, because it doesn't do them any good. They, they, ultimately they want it, but it's hard to hear. Right. And so. You know, when I got here, I'm just like, I'm going to do the best I can for this program right day. Every day is what I do. What What can I do today to better this program every single day? And so, you know, some of that came with a lot of honesty with at, at the very beginning, like a lot of I watched film for hours upon hours upon hours. It's all I had to watch from. And I'm like, OK, can this person help us win a big sky title? You know, um, and if they can't, then can they develop into somebody they could? Right, so then you look at that, and then you're like, okay. Then you go, okay, are they going to graduate in a year? Am I, you know, I don't want. I'm not a jerk. I'm like, okay, I don't want. I'm not going to cut somebody who just is going to graduate. You know what I mean? That just doesn't make sense. So you just kind of go through a process. Ultimately, you want to do what's best for the program. That's it. That's uh, so why I tell our staff every day: it's not about me. It's not about any of us. It's about this whole thing, right? So that's that's where you you make those hard decisions. Um, you tell people the honest truth, and some of them get it. You know, I mean, there's, you know, one of the girls I talked to on the team from last year was like, coach, thanks for being honest with me. Nobody's been honest with me since I came here and and not necessarily here. When I say here at Montana, I'm saying, you know, she was at one university and didn't play. And then she comes here and doesn't play. And, you know, I'm like, kids, you want to play. You come to play. You want to play the game. You're not coming just to go to. That's why, you know, it's just. And so she had tears in her eyes because she's like, thanks. And she's going to go play which that's is what awesome. she wanted, you know and she just she, she reacted great others were like you know didn't necessarily care about playing as much and i'm like well i, I care about winning and so yeah. you got to do what's best for the program and so th- th- you make those hard decisions and you roll with it and and you do the best you can in those situations and help kids the best you can you know you'd be as kind as you can but ultimately it comes down to i'm going to make the best decision for the program so that's you know. awesome Yeah,
0: you know, coming to Montana, the shoes that you have to fill are pretty big with Robin Selvig. How did you take, you know, you know, with any job that has a lot of history, you know, there's a delicate process of, you know, you know, getting like saying, yes, we want the history, but also making it your own and kind of having it your program, you know. I have to congratulate you because I I really appreciate you. You know, one of the first things you did is is you got in in touch with Robin Selvig and asked him those questions, which is huge. Um, You know, but it's important to make this program your program as well. How do you, you know, walk on those eggshells
1: to to, to do that? It's a good question. First of all, you embrace what's happened (laughs) here. Any coach anywhere would embrace what's happened here because you look, you can look up in the arena and you can look about what happened and it was pretty good. And so, you know, I fortunately I've had a great relationship with him for a long time, and so I've gotten to talk to him a bunch. I'm like, listen, I want you to come. You come, come to practice, write notes for us, and give me a bunch of notes. I'm like, whatever, I don't care. Um, I'm humble enough to know that I don't know, right? Like, I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, I can learn from a, you know. Should be a Hall of Famer, by the way. It's another, it's another topic that should be yeah, at some yeah. point. But um I so I yeah, I he's like, call me anytime. He's so gracious. And I'm like, I will, careful. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just embracing it. I am not, I'm not him. I told these 40 lady grizz last night, I said, I'm not gonna be him. I have very similar um views on the game and how to treat people and how to coach kids. We're very similar in those ways. Um, but I'm different uh I just, I just I'm gonna be myself and that 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 is what I have to be you know what I mean and so yeah it, it but any way I can involve him are you kidding yeah. he's there I mean I'm like who doesn't want somebody that's won 865 games to give you a piece of advice I mean I picked his brain last night and him and I sat there at a table for I don't know how long 30 40 minutes just chatting last night about different things and different times and I'm like, you guys got – you got all these people fooled that you were a great coach because I see all these players that were around here. right <laughs> like, yeah, no, he is a great coach. Obviously, man, the players that he brought here, so good. Yeah. I mean, they're just ridiculously talented.
0: 865 wins. That's ridiculous
1: he's not in the Hall of Fame.
0: Yes, yeah. <laughs> That is that is that is ridiculous.
1: One school. At one school. It's crazy. Honestly, I don't know. I, yeah, don't get me started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's – it's dumb I don't know why I don't know how it's not and really his peers like the people that are in the Hall of Fame would would be like yeah I mean they all would every single one of them I mean Kim Wokey went in this year and she'd be like uh why isn't he in yeah exactly come on
2: but well Brian I think that we took up enough of your time and I just want to say obviously during this interview we're really excited you have fans and Adam and I man and exactly Kind of throwing it out there, man. Let the fans know what you have going on. Give give them a little shout out of you know what you kind of expect out of them this upcoming season. Yeah, get in the gym, man. We're hey we had, we had
1: a whole year without people. Yeah. The opportunity to come. we you will be impressed with our kids. We got a good group. Um, we're gonna bring in some more. Um be there, yell at the refs yep. loud. Yep. You know what I mean? Like this is what makes Montana special is the community and the support of the Lady Grizz and the product on the court, they will be proud of, and we're going to connect with the community, and the community is going to connect with us, and we're going to get this thing rolling. Yeah.
0: Well, well Brian, coach, coach, Brian, me Brian. and Angel will be
1: there. We'll be there. Let's we go, can. man. Let's go. Yeah. That's I like great. it. I like it. Yep. And come say it. Come say hi to us. Yeah. We will. We come will definitely will say hi.
2: we Would love to see you guys in face to face and meet the staff and. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a good time for sure. Well, you excited about your close, podcast, man. Let's keep this thing going. Let's go. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, that's well, right. You're know. trying, Brian. Thank you so much. Anytime. All Bye, guys.